Isn't that good? It's good. It's good. It's good. In fact, it was good. is good. Mm. You know, this was one of these mornings when I came in and uh, I thought, God, am I saved? You ever had a morning like that? But then I start to say, I've got an anointing. I've got an anointing. I've got an anointing. Have you got an anointing? We stand up and say, I've got an anointing. Speak it, I've got an anointing. <laughs> Let it manifest upon you, I've got an anointing. <laughs> okay, you can sit down. <laughs> it's good you have Grace here. Grace is back from three years at Bethel. Stand up, give us a wave, Grace. Great to have you. May God bless you richly. May you find your destiny in Him. Praise God. Well, this morning, I want to speak about rejection, the symptoms, the cause, and the cure, okay? So if there's anyone here this morning who doesn't feel rejected, by the time I'm finished, you will. Okay? Okay? <laughs> I'm going to read some words from the Bible so that we can see that the person who suffered rejection most of all was Jesus Christ. None of us have been where he has been. It says this in Isaiah 53. And remember Isaiah 53, it never ceases to amaze me. Isaiah prophesied this 700 years before Christ came to earth. Amazing, amazing. It says this, He was despised and rejected and forsaken by men, a man of sorrows and pains and acquainted with grief and sickness. Then it goes on to say, Surely he's borne our grief, our sickness, our weakness and distress, and carried our sorrows and pain. Yet we ignorantly considered him stricken, smitten, and afflicted by God. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our guilt and iniquities. And the chastisement needful to obtain peace and well-being for us was upon him. And with the stripes that wounded him, we are healed and made whole. Isn't that good news? Matthew 21 verse 42 says this, talking again about Jesus, the stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. Luke 17 25 says this, but first he must suffer many things and be rejected by this generation. 1 Peter 2 4, coming to him as a living stone, rejected indeed by men, but chosen by God and precious. That's what matters. 
Then in Matthew 27, 46, you remember upon the cross, he said, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why have you forsaken me? Jesus was rejected and forsaken on the cross. The word rejection, to refuse to accept, to refuse to receive, to put aside, to discard, to forsake or spit out. Forsake means to reject and completely abandon. You know, since the Garden of Eden, mankind suffered from rejection. All of us. All of us. All of us. Now, there's different measures in this, but since we're put out of the garden, we've suffered from rejection. And the only real cure is the love and acceptance of God. That's why salvation is so important for us. Rejection is also one of the chief weapons used by the enemy against us. He uses that nasty weapon of rejection against us. And most of us, I would imagine in our life, have suffered from rejection at one time or another. It may have been some unkind words someone said. It may have been through your, your school friends. It may have been through an authority figure. Someone has said something that caused rejection to spring up in your heart because we're part of the human race. We're not immune from rejection, but praise God in Jesus Christ there is a cure. You know, some of the most painful rejection comes from our childhood experiences. And it sets the tone for our whole life. And we can go through our whole life feeling unloved, feeling insecure, feeling unworthy, feeling a complete failure. And I would guarantee there's people here today that have either felt like that or feel like that. And it's all to do with rejection. It's at the root of so many other things. But praise God... We weren't in that place where Jesus was. You know what hell is? It's just complete rejection and total separation from God. That's what Jesus felt on the cross. He felt it was forsaken and abandoned by his heavenly Father. Imagine what that must have been like for him. Imagine, just in that moment, little one that he cried out, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? But he did it for you and for me so we can be set free from rejection because God never ever wanted us to suffer from feelings of rejection but wants us to understand we are loved and accepted and valued by him as his child. Is everyone here a child of God today? If you're not, you need to be. Come and see me afterwards. It's the greatest thing that could ever happen to you. You begin a whole new adventure. Life begins the moment you find Jesus. Before that moment, you don't really have life. You're just getting by. No matter how good you think it is, Jesus came to give us abundant life. So if you don't know him, come to see me. I'd love to introduce you to him. So, some of the symptoms of rejection. I'm going to go through some symptoms here. And then you can have a look at the person next to you and see if you recognize any of them. (laughs) Or when you go home, have a good look in the mirror. Or wherever you go this week, whether it's work, school, college, wherever you go, you can have your list. When you meet people, tick it off. Aha. I'll recognize that Aha. I'll recognize that one. I guarantee you'll find them. So the first thing I've put down is fear of opinion of others. Anyone got fear of opinion of others here? I would think some of us do. We're so worried about what, what people think about us. So worried. Insecurity. 
Insecurity. God wants us to be secure in His love. But if we suffer from rejection, we will suffer from insecurity. Suspicious of anything nice done for you. You know, someone does something nice, we're immediately suspicious of their motive. Why do they do that? What do they want from me? If you don't believe that, you go down Abingdon Street tomorrow, take a fiver out of your pocket, and try and give it to your passers-by. You find it very, very difficult to get them to accept it. They think there's a hidden motive. So if we suffer from rejection, we'll be very suspicious if someone does something nice for us. Isn't that terrible? There was a good amen to that one, wasn't there? How about difficulty in trusting God? When we suffer from rejection, we find it difficult to trust God. We don't feel He's quite safe. Or we find difficulty in trusting people. See, when we've been rejected, we think, I'm not going to trust people anymore because that way I'm going to protect myself from any further hurt and rejection. And therefore we find it difficult to trust people. And we tend to keep them at arm's length. They can come thus far, but no further. They're not getting any nearer to my heart. Safe. Life should be a risk, not safe. Another symptom. Always seeking proof of our value and self-worth. We're forever worried about ourselves. Where do we get our value and self-worth from? Well, actually, it should be coming from God, not from people. Now, we're supposed to value and, and give worth to people, but only God can really meet our basic needs. Another symptom of rejection. How about an overemphasis on material things? Ever met anyone like that? The next gadget, guys. The next whatever you have, ladies. An overemphasis on material things. You know, it's forever a new carpet, a new piece of whatever it is. No, it's not wrong to have it, but there's an overemphasis in these things. They're like a substitute for love. What? There you are. An overemphasis on material things. Oh, how about an overemphasis on dress and appearance? Have a look around you. It's okay to wear clothes. It's okay to wear clothes. It just becomes when there's an overemphasis and our whole life is taken up with wearing clothes. It's got to be the latest fashion. It must be designer. It must be the right lipstick. Now I know that. My wife will travel miles just to get the right lipstick. I'm a poor man. <laughs> I'm a poor man because of the lipstick my wife wears. I know that emphasis on lipstick. It's a sign of rejection. I'll see you later when I get you home. <laughs> Check the lady next to you. See what lipstick she's wearing. See if it looks expensive. How about a domineering spirit? Did you know that's actually a sign of rejection? 
People are trying to dominate all the time. Actually, it's witchcraft. Domination, manipulation, control, that's witchcraft. It's deep at the root, it's rejection. How about a critical spirit? People are forever criticizing other people. They can never say anything good about them. They've got to say something negative because it makes them feel good. A critical spirit is a sign of rejection. See, sometimes we want to deal with the symptoms we see in the surface, but actually we've got to look to the root. If you know anyone that's continually critical, you know they're suffering from rejection, and God wants to heal them and cure them. Frustration and anger. Self-imposed isolation. You know, you spend all day under the bedclothes. You'll never get rejected there. Or under the bed, or in the cupboard, wherever people can't find you. It's playing it safe. See, if we don't meet with people, there's no opportunity for them to reject us. So we isolate ourselves and cut ourselves off from relationships. Because that's where the danger lies. Relationships and people. Church would be okay if it wasn't for the people. You ever said that? Well, I'm sorry, but church is supposed to be about people. So... There's no such thing as a one-man and a one-woman church. God didn't call us to be Christian hermits, did he? Feelings of inferiority, sign of rejection. This man went to the doctor. He says, doctor, I think I've got an inferiority complex. So the doctor checked him out and he said, I've got some good news and some bad news. He says, what's the good news? He says, you don't have an inferiority complex. What's the bad news? You're just inferior. (laughs) Sign of rejection. Anyone inferior here? Anyone feel inferior? It's a sign of rejection. (laughs) How about the other one? Projecting a false sense of superiority. You know, some people walk about like that. Their noses are in the air. They're like this. They've got everything and they look down upon us. Actually, it's false. They're suffering from rejection. See, we don't have to put on a false sense of superiority. If we're God's sons and daughters, we really are superior. We are. We're first-class citizens. We don't walk around bowing down and apologize for being a Christian. No, no, we stand up straight. Hey, we're called to rule and reign planet Earth, folks. (laughs) we're sons and daughters we can walk tall out of my way I'm coming through (laughs) an inability to form lasting relationships some people just go from one relationship to the next they never sort out their differences because it's to do with rejection it's to do with rejection one relationship to the next one one relationship to the next one as soon as a problem comes up or the slightest hurt coming up instead of seeing that as a growth point they take it as rejection and they run how about an inability to receive correction correction doesn't equal rejection there's a difference between correction and rejection. Correction is to help us grow because we're loved. Some people just can't receive any correction. How about perfectionism? Wow. That's a biggie. Any perfectionists amongst us? Uh, uh, was, that, was that coughs? Because you, 
Are you a bunch of coughing perfectionists? What are you? I mean, so there's a few perfectionists amongst us, is there? Good. See, God wants us to do things excellently, but we'll never do it perfectly. He's the only one who's perfect. Get the pressure off yourself. Allow yourself to make a mistake. How's this one? Rejecting others before they reject you. People suffering from rejection, the very cry in their heart, that cry for love, what they do, they keep pushing people and pushing them and pushing them and pushing them, trying to prove their theory right till that person rejects them. That's what they do. They push and they push and they push to see if you still love them. Do you know anyone like that? How about just be negative about everything, including yourself? They're no good. I'm no good. Cat's no good. The budget's no good. Whatever it is, we're just negative. Just negative. Some people can't. They find it difficult even to speak one positive word. They're a word of encouragement. They're just totally negative. They're suffering from rejection. They need to know they're loved and accepted by Father God. And the last one I've got down here. Self-pity, depression, and thoughts of suicide. Actually, they're crying a heart for love. We want to know we're loved, and we want some hope in our lives. And while there's a God in heaven, there will always be hope, because our God is the God of hope. While there's God, there's always hope. Always. Hope is eternal, and hope is in God. So if we place our hope in him and not in other things, we can leave that kind of stuff behind us. So what about the causes? Well, here's just some causes I've put down here. A thoughtless, seemingly harmless word you speak to your child. It could be a teacher, particularly through authority figures. When authority figures speak to children, because they recognize them as authority figures, if you say negative things, that can cause rejection to begin to work in their lives. You'll never amount to anything. You're rubbish. You're just going to be a failure all your life. That kind of stuff can seriously harm a child. And then they grow up to be an adult, hurting and suffering from rejection. Traumatic events. There could be a traumatic event that happens in your life. And within that event, you've suffered from rejection. How about betrayal? That feeling of being stabbed in the back. Ever been there? That causes rejection, deep-rooted rejection. That's one for leaders, actually. It's one of the hardest things for a leader to recover from is betrayal. Because most times betrayal comes from a friend or someone that you know well. And it comes unexpectedly and catches you unawares. Betrayal is a cause of rejection. All forms of abuse. Spiritual, mental, emotional, physical, sexual, all kinds of abuse. How about divorce? When someone gets divorced, they feel a failure. They feel rejected. Low self-esteem. All these kind of things. How about this one? A death or abandonment by a parent. It can leave you feeling rejected, 
You know, for me, I've told some of you this before. My father died when I was two. My mother married again when I was nine. And I never got on with my stepfather. So for me, I could relate to Jesus, relate to the Holy Spirit. But God as Father was a battle for me. But God's done a lot in my life over these. Praise God for that. But this is about uh, 10, 15 years ago. We were babysitting for someone. And they got this video for us, and it's called Field of Dreams. I'm going to put this video on. What is it about? Kevin Costner's in it. His father died when he was a young guy, and he was a famous baseball player. And he's got this kind of small holding, and he has this voice, if you build it, he will come. If you build it, he will come. And what he realizes, or what he thinks he has to build, is a baseball pitch, and he believes if he builds it, his father will come. So he builds his baseball pitch. And at the end of the film, his father comes with all these other famous baseball players. And the film kind of ends with Kevin Costner. His father's got his arm around them and they kind of walk off into the sunset talking and laughing with one another. When I saw that, something caught me deep down in here. And I went home and I went upstairs in the bathroom and I got on my knees and I just sobbed my eyes out before God. And I heard myself speaking these words out to my father who died. I forgive you for abandoning me. I forgive you for that sense of loss. I forgive you for that feeling of rejection. I forgive you for not being there to bring me up. I forgive you for not being there to protect me and take me on as your child. All these things were coming out of my heart. And this went on for 15 or 20 minutes. And then I felt this wonderful supernatural peace. I didn't even know that was in me. I didn't even know that was in there. You see, these kind of things can be deep-rooted. And we can even live life well. But God can just come along and put his finger on something because we're all being healed and there's none of us in that place yet where we are whole. We're in the process of being made whole. And now I'm in the place with Father God where, you know, Everything can be happening around me. Nothing's going right. But I can stand up now. I don't care because my father loves me. My father loves me. See, I don't care because my father loves me. And that's from my heart. Because God has done such a work in here. But I know what that was like, the other side of that. A cry in your heart for a father's love. There's something about a father's love. It's more than the love of Jesus. It's more than the love of the Holy Spirit. Because the Father's love is a love of acceptance. It's a love that affirms you as his son and as his daughter. We all need a Father's love. No matter what today's society says, we all need fathers and we need a Father's love. Deep down in here, we need to know we're loved and accepted and valued as a person by Father God. What about knowing you're an orphan? Even if you're adopted. There's something about adopted children. They still want to know who their mother and father is, don't they? There's something within us. We want to know who our mother and father is. And they want to know why they were abandoned or whatever, don't they? Rejection. That need for love, that cry for love in our heart. It could be guilt from past sins. 
Well, the Bible says in 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, it's faith and just to forgive us, but we also need to forgive ourselves. I'm forever forgiving myself. We've got to forgive ourselves. I've got to live with me, you see. When I'm on my own, I'm quite happy with my company. I've learned to live with me over the years. Some people don't like to be on their own. They can't stop. They've got to have noise. They've got to have activity. Or they've got to have people around them because they don't like themselves. They don't actually like being with themselves in the peace and quiet where there's just you and just God. But I'm fine with that. I'm fine with that. Did you know that the experts would tell us this? When we speak a negative word to a child or a person, it takes five positives to undo the harm that word caused. Did you know that? Parents, did you know that? When you speak a negative word to your child, it takes five positives to undo the harm that one negative did. There's power in our words. There's power in our words. We need to agree with the Bible and the things of God and be very, very careful when we speak to children and others. Our words are spirit and life. Another cause can just be believing the enemy's lies about ourselves. It's so easy to believe the lies. He's there, person on the shoulder, whispering in our ear all the time. You're no good. You'll never amount to anything. You're not really a son of God. All this kind of rubbish. But Jesus said, if we will know the truth and abide in his words, that truth will set us free. But we need to know that truth in our experience. It will set us free from the lies of the enemy. Because he's a liar and the father of liars. Does everyone here know their identity in Christ? See, if we know we're sons and daughters, totally loved and accepted and valued by Father God as a person, that should just strike a death blow to rejection in our lives. So what about the cure? Well, you're to deal with the enemy. Because if rejection isn't dealt with, it becomes a demonic demonic entry point in our lives. It becomes a door through which the enemy comes. And rejection doesn't just operate on its own. You get rejection, self-rejection, and fear of rejection. Rejection, self-rejection, fear of rejection. And we need to deal with these things. And if we don't deal with them, Derek Prince, who used to be a great Bible teacher years ago, he said, rejection will either take a hard route or a soft route. The hard route is this, is you reject others, get into rebellion and into witchcraft. I'm going to reject people before they reject me. And we take the hard route. We we get rebellious. You look at rebellious people. You know why they're rebellious? Because they're suffering from rejection. So it goes from rejection to rebellion to witchcraft. Because the Bible tells us rebellion is just like witchcraft. That's the hard route. Rejection, rebellion, witchcraft. The soft route is this. Rejection, self-pity, Depression, suicide, death. We spend all our lives feeling sorry for ourselves. And then we get depressed. And then we start to consider suicide. And then we do it. So you can see it's very, very important to deal with rejection, isn't it? There's the hard route or there's the soft route. And neither of them are God's route. 
So we need to get rid of the enemy and deal with the lies. We need to identify the source of our rejection. We need to forgive where we need to forgive. And we need to reaffirm who we are in Christ. You know, I've done this for years. I've even done it again today. I say this, thank you, Father. God loves me and accepts me. I love and accept myself. I say that regularly. Why? Because that truth is then living and active in my spirit. Because as we go through life, it's easy to pick up rejection. Can we stand a moment? Can we say this? God loves me and accepts me. I love and accept myself. We say it again. God loves me and accepts me. I love and accept myself. Keep speaking out umpteen times every day till it's rooted within you. It will do something. You can sit down again. It will do something. You see, Father God doesn't always approve of our behavior. He wants us to change, but He will always love us and accept us and value us as a person. There's a difference between who we are and what we do. Father God will never ever reject us. He will never leave us nor forsake us. He loves us unconditionally and He loves us for eternity. And we can rest in that truth. Could we stand again? Father, I just bind the enemy here and just loose your Holy Spirit to minister to our hearts. And Father, I just ask today, God, we're always in that place. This is one of the, the enemy's main weapons. But you would help us individually and as a church to walk free of rejection. God, that you would expose things in our life, some of these symptoms that maybe people have picked up today, maybe some of the causes. But God, they would know without a shadow of a doubt that you love them, that you accept them, and you value them as a person. Father, I ask that that truth would live in every heart that's here today. God, that we'd be a people just overflowing with the love of God, so much so it flows out of us to all those around us and flows into this town and in this region. Lord, that people come into this place with the rejection and all the other problems. And God, they just get touched by your wonderful, accepting, eternal love. Father, please do that for us. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. You feel loved or rejected now then? Good. Good. That's okay.